Hey everyone, you're listening to Alex on Radio One Chicago. In studio, we have multidisciplinary artist from the west side of Chicago, Bria Royal. Hello. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm super yeah. excited. I know, we were talking a little bit during the break how excited you are because you love podcasts. Yes, so. <laughs> I love podcasts. I also love music and I know like everyone loves music, but like... That doesn't make it any less significant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and it's uh, it's definitely a treat when other you know forms of artists come and join us in studio. Um, so you are a visual and you know comic artist. Um, so very excited to have you here today. Um, so tell us, how long have you been an artist? Ooh, that's hard to say. Um, I've always done artsy things, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, but I guess the moment when I really started thinking oh, this is like something I can do publicly and like other people actually care to look at it yeah. um, was around in high school okay. when I started like really fiddling around with like Photoshop and like all those kinds of systems. Um, I used to actually like design websites for fun, like, yeah. on, <laughs> like Blogspot and yeah. stuff like that. Um, so I started building up those kind of digital skills on top of like um, just like painting and watercolor and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually people would just kind of hit me up like, oh, we need a T-shirt design or we need a flyer or a logo for something. And I would just be like, oh, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> you would be the go-to person to design yeah. these kinds of things. My high school, everyone there was like super creative. So everyone kind of had some kind of creative project that they were doing on the side so mm-hmm. I would like do visuals for that kind of stuff or um, even stuff within school mm-hmm. and then in college um, I didn't study art in college really uh, I actually <laughs> yeah I studied communications and then my minors were film and media studies and psychology okay. um, so all fields that really inform my art now um, so I kind of would use the themes in my studies to like inform how I go about creating art um and then yeah I just started like actually posting it for fun like around that time and people responded pretty well to it um so I was like oh people like actually take this seriously and stuff so it kind of it definitely took like the outside audience for me to kind of take myself seriously in my art Mm -hmm. um as something that I could use to share like legit messages with the world yeah because it was more for like personal just like you said for fun and right. then you, s- you get all this response and then it kind of like gravitates or something bigger mm-hmm. so that's great um so was it you know choosing to major in you know communications and in psychology was that like something that you had in mind for a while that you wanted to study and then kind Not of like at all no <laughs> <laughs> so I came into college I knew I wanted to do something related to psychology okay um because I was really interested in the way people thought um I had took this class in high school called nature of knowledge and I was like ooh, okay I kind of like this mm-hmm. um so I went to study psychology originally and I came in really going into the computer um cognitive psychology side of things and I still really do love cognitive psychology but it's definitely throughout trying different studies I definitely figured out like which things were things I'm actually interested in studying and which things were just like kind of hobby interests okay um so that was more of a hobby interest for me um then I found out uh, about communications I think I took like one class in it um I took like a public speaking class yeah and I was like whoa this is dope and (laughs) it's hard to explain to people because we were like why are you like taking a why are you studying communications like you know how to talk and I'm like 
it's so much more than that. People, yeah. Yeah. It's like with the humanities classes, you don't understand really. Like, there's a passion for it. You want to learn how to, you know, finesse those qualities a little exactly. bit more, which is what, yeah. And then I started getting more into, um, within the comm studies stuff, I focused more on digital media studies. And that's what I really liked, because that's when I started like bringing in elements of my art again. Um, I'm really into things being well-designed, um, not just like, like um, a flyer, but also like spaces that are well-designed uh, for people to interact with them, and like entire systems to be well-designed. Um, and that like actually informed all my like studies in technological like design really informed my organizing life actually a lot too. My approach to activism is very much um, designing systems for people, not the developers. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I got into that. I also studied film uh, and I just love movies basically. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big movie buff. Yeah. Yeah. For like more smaller, like kind of blockbuster films or a little bit of both. <laughs> It's funny, I feel like most of the movies I watch are at least 20 years old. Okay. Uh, so it's hard for me to like keep up with what movies are actually popular now. But In 20 yeah. years, you'll come. To yeah, exactly. <laughs> kind of I'll them. circle back to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I was, you know, I was going through your portfolio earlier online, um, and you do some like animations too. Is that like stemming from the love of film then? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's funny in the animation world, sometimes you can feel a little bit about like an outsider in terms of the larger film world. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, definitely uh, I like to take a very cinematographic um, cinematic approach to <laughs> my animation as well as like my other forms of art. So for example, my comics, um, all of the panels I like to make very cinematic in style as well. Nice. Mm -hmm. um, so we were talking a little bit about, you know, like growing up. Uh, so where in the city did you grow up? Yeah, so I hail from the west side of Chicago. Um, I spent my time in all west areas side. of that. A. <laughs> <laughs> um, and now I'm in Logan Square. I spend a lot of time in Humboldt Park as well. Um, and yeah, I really love those areas. All of the Boricua culture there mm -hmm. is beautiful and super influential to like my upbringing. Um, and I definitely like infuse my culture and my art as much as I can, um, but in an intersectional way. Yeah. Um, so like Afro-indigeneity is a big theme behind my artwork and motivates my approach to storytelling as well. Um, the way both black and indigenous cultures really are wrapped in mythology really fascinates me. Oh, okay. Because um, mm -hmm. I think we think of mythology as just this thing that happened like in Grecian times. Yeah. And, like, I would fall that. into that category. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, but it's so much, it's so much more expansive. Like all, especially POC cultures, black cultures have these mythologies, this way of telling stories that's rooted in oral histories. Um, and that really fascinates me. So I try to integrate those approaches to things in like my art and like my storytelling yeah and did that kind of come up you know like with your upbringing like growing up in the neighbor you know in your neighborhood um kind of like develop you with your interests and you know all that yeah um i think it's just like you know those times where you're just with your family yeah. and you're sitting around and someone's just telling a long story and working through that like i don't know looking back on those times and saying like 
that probably wasn't true. <laughs> or, <laughs> that wasn't like the whole truth, but the story still holds so much significance and so much weight because of the way it was told and all of the like themes around it are still very powerful. Um, I really love that approach to storytelling and I think it's a very like impactful way of doing it. Um, I'm very like into the blending of fiction and nonfiction. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think it's just cool to kind of mesh those worlds because in the end of the day, like everything is subjective, you know? Um, what's most important is like the underlying themes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and a lot of like what you what you center on and what your work centers on is like around people of color. And then um, we'll talk a little bit later on about um, Black Romania, which also like dabbles in um, like mental health. Yeah. So, you know, like heavy topics too for, you know, you know, these pieces of work. So was it just something that like you were passionate about that you wanted to like, you know, connect the two and kind of put out there? Then? Yeah, it's funny because I'm actually a very private person. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But using like mythology to kind yeah. of tell my story, it like makes me more comfortable sharing it because it's like, this is about me, but it's like through an alternate universe, through these alternate characters with this alternate society setup. It's like, okay, now I'm in like this fictional setting where I can like comfortably digest these like really heavy topics. Like you said, um, I'm also really, I like using what's considered like low arts. So comics are considered like a low art. Um, animation, cartoons are kind of, kind of seen as low arts in comparison like we talked about with the rest of the film world mm -hmm. um i have like an animation animated short called how to make art with ghetto nails like nail art being considered like a low art but it's like a beautiful art um so i really try to like push back on that high and low like classification yeah. um but through these low arts i especially like using to kind of tackle heavier topics because when you're like just scrolling through Facebook and like yeah. you see an animated GIF pop up, you don't necessarily expect that to be a call to action or yeah. to be tackling a really heavy topic. Um, and I think that kind of catching people off guard in that way, like kind of gets their attention. It's like more of a t an attention grabber. And also just like, I don't know, I think back to when I was a kid and like you're very impressionable and you like easily digest in information. Mm -hmm. It's because you're watching lots of cartoons. Um, <laughs> yeah. So just kind of adopting those strategies to get these larger messages out mm -hmm. is like kind of my approach there. Yeah, and that's very interesting, you know, because it's like, you know, growing up in Chicago, you have, it's a very artistic city, you know, you have, you know, filmmakers, designers, photographers, all these things. Mm -hmm. I had never heard of, you know, comics and animation described as, low art before like I've never heard that term so it's very interesting to you know hear that people would consider it like that mm -hmm. but I guess compared in to like the larger scale it it yeah. would be mm -hmm. yeah it's definitely seen as um there's definitely a marginalization that happens mm -hmm. in terms of the valuing of yeah. art mm -hmm. um so if I sold like a comic book for I don't know five hundred thousand dollars <laughs> you yeah. would be like that's crazy but Banksy's go for that much or like mm -hmm. the Mona Lisa is like um, you know, this whole like prestige thing is like a painting or yeah. the way like we definitely ascribe um, a certain like odd like baseline value to yeah. different mediums. Um, but yeah, I think with like digital technology being more readily accessible and just like in our pockets all the time, really in our hands all the time. Yeah, in our hands literally all yeah. the time. Mm -hmm. There's more affordances to bring these different types of art 
more like in people's faces. So I think they've definitely gone up in terms of commercial value, like in later years. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the consideration of these fields like changes over time. Yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, my, my, I was gonna follow up with that question. You know, thinking like, do you think it's shifting where you know people want it like now? As opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, like, I need to wait, you know, all this week, you know, for the movie or something like that. Um, I think it is shifting. I think, yeah, we live in a digital culture that's focused heavily on immediacy yeah. and oversaturation. Um, and I think, like, using, like, the GIF form that I use or, mm-hmm. like, even comics. Uh, comics and memes have a lot, of com- a lot in common when it comes to form. There's, like, an image and then there's, like, the text there. Um... So it's definitely, I think people are just kind of catching on to the value in like these mediums and like what they can do in this like society of immediacy. Um, So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it changes over time. Yeah, Yeah. I've definitely seen more um, like comics oriented things like in popular culture. Mm -hmm. Um, Even like I think Netflix just put out, is putting out like these um, anime shows and stuff like that, which is heavily like um, related to like manga culture. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's catching on. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It'd be interesting to see how it shifts then. Cool. All right. Well, let's take a little break. I know we were talking about, um, you being a visual artist, you don't have music to share (laughs) first, like from you, but you do have Chicago favorite artists. Um, so I know you, uh, listed out some throwback Lupe, I think, (laughs) that you wanted to share out. Um, (laughs) Birds and the Bees and I gotcha. If we got any of those (laughs) on there, that'd be awesome. Lupe is like, yeah, it's a funny artist. (laughs) It was like when I felt like I was being introduced to woke rap pretty much in high school. (laughs) That was definitely my starting point. Cool. Well, we'll take a little break. I'm Alex, and we're here with visual artist Bria Royal talking about her comic series and graphic novels. Um, So a little bit later, stick around. We'll talk about her upcoming um, comic, Black Girl Mania. So stick around. Hey, everyone. I'm here with visual artist Bria Royal talking about her comic series. Uh, (laughs) Welcome back from the break. Uh, So we were talking a little bit about, um, you know, just like your other pieces of work. Um, So you're actually going to read for us um, an excerpt of one of your pieces. So give us a little bit of background as to, you know, where this piece lives that other people can check out and just how you came about, you know, this piece that you're about to read. Yeah, so this piece is part of a larger collection of short stories and kind of like journal entries um, about my, basically my 2016 and 2015, where I was having a lot of struggles with um, both my mental and physical health and just wanted to kind of digest that in written form for once, because I usually do visual things. Um, So the piece I'm about to read is called Problem Adults. Okay. And it's written from the perspective of my mother. Nice. My daughter was on TV last night, but not how you would think. She was marching and yelling, going off about the state. I'm not sure who that is, but they sure got her all riled up. And trust, I'm a lot more down than my ama was. That's fine and all, but what's really got me as of late is all this mind talk, got our business all out, just randomly going off, on and on, getting all in my face about this mind stuff. I raised that girl right, ain't nothing wrong with her mind. Throwing my mistakes at me as if I were the state, I could have raised you like my ama raised me, so trust, 
I took it easy. You do what you want in the streets, but all that marching and yelling ain't happening in here. I'd put up with too damn much all these years after years after years. But I am wondering, what's causing all the sudden revolt? How she was never a problem child and became a problem adult. Nice. That's great. <laughs> and how was it like writing in the perspective of your of your mom? Ooh, difficult. Um, I feel like I owe my mom a lot. Not that I was like a bad kid, but mm -hmm. I was a bad kid sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Black Girl Mania, the graphic novel, actually gets a lot into the relationship between the main character and her mother. Okay. Um, definitely a lot of that is rooted in my relationship with my mother, which recently has gotten really, really great. Um, mm -hmm. And it just took a lot of introspection on my part, understanding kind of applying the systems thinking that I would apply to like my academic research or like my organizing back at home um, and realizing that, you know, we hold traumas that are historical and that are like generational and not blaming my mom for that, you know? Um, so once I like kind of came to that realization, I think like things are like much more balanced between us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so tell us a little bit too um, about Black Romania. So you were just saying how it was recently released like last month, yes. so fairly new. Um, so yeah, tell us how that came about. For sure. So Black Romania started as a webcomic series that I began writing in college. Um, basically during my like junior year, that's kind of the time in college where I wasn't like furiously taking notes like all the time in class like you have some kind of like downtime um because i would make like really i would take notes really elaborately they would be like basically like comics themselves mm -hmm. um so yeah my classes were kind of chilling out and i was getting a little bored honestly <laughs> in class um <laughs> so i just began kind of like doodling out my thoughts and little things that would kind of come to mind um while i was at school mm -hmm. and I developed this character, Heminis, um, because I'm a Gemini, and people have like this conception of like Gemini's of being like very like um, one moment like this and the next moment totally different, and like all the stereotypes around that. Um, but I'm also bipolar, um, so like the way that kind of perception of like what a Gemini is mm -hmm. kind of like reinforces really negative stereotypes around people who are bipolar. Mm -hmm. So I kind of want to like play on that and kind of like debunk for the sake of both of those identities, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I developed the character Heminis Castores, who is basically a young black femme who is living in this like very near apocalyptic world, but also very near future in which Basically, um, all of the continents, she lives on an island and or off the coast of an island and all of the continents in the world have like basically drowned because of like climate change. Um, so there's only this like tiny landmass left that's just the size of Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of follows her uh, time living like that and also dealing with her own um, being bipolar and like the multiplicity that um, she encounters in that experience um, and kind of resolving that for herself. Oh, wow. How long um, did it take you? Well, you said you started in college and then, mm -hmm. you know, produced it as like a web series. Yeah. Kind of, and then um, just recently distributed it then um, 
was it like paper? Yes. Copy? So mm-hmm. it's a graphic novel, um, paper novel, um, available for order at BreerRoyal.com. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, coming to a lot of bookstores around the city soon, too. Um, but yeah, so the, the web series and the like graphic novel form of Black Girl Mania are actually very different. The web series was very much more like kind of my own journal entries, very like diary-esque and for the most part narrated by the main character in kind of first person form. Um, But for the graphic novel, I really wanted to focus on like really imagining what this world would look like and um, kind of approaching it as a thought experiment. And so it's much more subjective. um, And instead of using like the dialogue, first person dialogue to kind of explain what's happening, I wanted to rely more on the visuals to kind of communicate what the individual experience is like oh nice so even the content was different then like from oh yeah yeah. it's totally different (laughs) (laughs) but it was just that um like that title theme that you yeah um, it's definitely in the same like universe um but the graphic novel is much more of a complete story gotcha great well Please tell all of our listeners where we can find it, where we can find the, you know, check out the the web series or um, the actual graphic novel. For sure. Everything is available at BriaRoyal.com. We are uh, shipping them out every Saturday, thanks to Amazon. Um, But it's also coming soon to uh, build coffee on the South Side as well and um, Uncharted Books in Logan Square. Very cool. And then um, social media, where can our listeners follow you uh, for just like the latest up to date, um, you know, yeah. releases and new, you know, new pieces and things like that. Yeah, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at a f, sorry, at fkn royal, which is my last name, fkn r o y a l, and then Facebook backslash Bria Royal backslash uh, Black Girl Mania. Excellent. Bria, well, thank you so much for coming in. We definitely appreciate you, you know, sharing, um, you know, your background and everything like that. Um, Definitely have to check this out for sure. This graphic novel out for sure. Now that I can like see it. (laughs) I'm like, yes, I can read it now. (laughs) Thanks for having me. I love platforms like this and the exposure it gives for local artists especially thank you oh no thank you all right well thanks for coming in and uh, don't forget to visit our website radio1chicago.com for more chicago everything stay tuned later on at 7 30 we have p mark coming through uh chatting with weekend gabe um so yeah so i'm alex uh stick around here on radio one chicago